Uh, okay, well, I transitioned because I ran out of time. So hello, everybody. Good morning. Uh, this is Jordan. Uh, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with Silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian. Over at Sorry, Sir Lucian Gaming. my dogs Gaming. are barking, yeah. and that threw my timing off. He's got, so we've got a, maybe I should do a behind the scenes one day. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have Shannon record me with a phone, at my wife. But we can do, uh, anyway, but we do a, a sync where, because we're streaming both on Twitch and YouTube, where we kind of like sync up. But you said, hey, I'm, I'm hitting transition now. And I'm like, oh. And so I, I hit transition. And then all of a sudden your dog started, uh, started barking yeah, and, and we, ran out, of, we ran out of footage. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So, uh, whisper, whisper. Are, are we too quiet, Mr. Devin Thunderstrike? Oh, we shouldn't be. I'm hearing, uh, oh, they might not be hearing me yet. No, I'm they're hearing on you. Twitch. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, welcome, everyone, to a very special, <laughs> in, in, in the sense that we have so much news to talk about, uh, Saturday Morning D&D <laughs> Show. If you're new here, we kind of talk about all of the things that are happening in uh, mostly Dungeons & Dragons, but also just the tabletop RPG world, the community that is, uh, uh, oh, I was whispering at the start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, uh, first of all, Lucian, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing, I guess we should know, just catch I'm, up I'm a little flustered, bit. flustered. You know, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, my wife knows she, this is what she does to me, guys. This is this is behind the scenes. We do the show from 12 to 1, and she'll say, I'm going to go run errands. And she tells me that at 10. And in my brain, I think, but that means whenever you say you're going to run errands, it's always two hours, and you're going to come back right at noon, which means the dogs are going to go spastic because you're finally home and they're super happy. Why would you pick that time? Why wouldn't you pick any other time but that time and she does it perfectly <laughs> you know we here at the saturday morning dnd show we love dogs. we love our wives and well we and love our wives but we also yes, love dogs and so dogs. a little dog barking here and there i'm not yeah. gonna get too upset and listeners dnd stuff let's get to dnd uh, so, stuff yes van richten's guide to ravenloft is coming out may 18th in 10 days mm, um 10 days, this yeah. is uh but but for those of you who are on the internet uh which is everybody because you're watching the show or listening to it via the internet uh uh, preview copies are out, so they were sent to the special people that get on the list at Wizards of the Coast to get early copies of this. I am not one of those oh. people, either is Lucian. Um, no, but if you like are you looking guess. for people to, if you want to flip through it, uh, Nerd Immersion did almost a six-hour stream last night answering questions with the book in front of him. Um, another gentleman, uh, YouTuber named Fry Minis, F-R-Y-M-I-N-I-S. He mostly does mini painting, apparently, but he got a book. And he did a couple of videos here and there. Uh, and then another uh, uh, YouTube channel called Digital Dungeon Master did a full flip through. And I brought that up because there was another guy during they wouldn't give him a Candlekeep book. He was on the list, but he was notorious for like just every page doing a YouTube video and, and going through every page in detail. And I guess wizards of the coast didn't like that very much. So, uh, they took him off of the list and he threw a fit, uh, on Twitter. Like you do. That's, that's the other side of the internet. That's where you go. Um, and so apparently this time around, they specifically gave out books and they were like with a letter that said, please do not just, you know, put this on the internet for free, like hype it up, but it kind of makes sense, you know, like you We're don't want to like read product. the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, this guy will never, he, he won't get books anymore. And, uh, odds are this digital dungeon master probably won't either, but his video is still up there. Uh, wizards of the coast hasn't like requested it taken down. 
Um, again, for all of these things, you can go to reddit.com slash r slash dndleaks, um, and they kind of catalog a bunch of uh, leaked information. Did you at least see the, uh, what is it, uh, table of contents, solution? I saw it got put on Twitter at some point, and I do like that page coming out oh, yeah. maybe a few days before. I don't know. We're still 10 days out. So if we'd have got it this week, I think I still would have been happy. I don't need I don't know if I need to see it two or three weeks before that. But I do like the idea that we get to see a table of contents to drive some interest. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I did look at it and it did have some cool stuff and it had a lot more than I thought was in it. And it made me start to teeter towards maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I won't. But when I saw that, it started leaning me more towards maybe I want to buy this one. So that was a good, effective leak for Wizards of the Coast because I'm a potential buyer who was just moved at least a little bit by that. I'm still not... 100% 100% sure, but I'm moved a little bit by that, Yeah, by looking at that. Yeah, uh, I, I really like getting the table of contents early as well. I think it's a good, because you're just like, oh, this is what's in there. Now I'm mm-hmm. curious about all this. But there are the two new subclasses and the mm-hmm. the new race templates, the Dampier and the Reborn and things like that. I forget the actual names of them. but uh, mm-hmm. and And lots of Domains of Dread. But uh, one of the things I was curious about, because... I was researching, um, and maybe a lot of you guys saw this video, but I was researching Carnival, which is this like traveling carnival within the world of Ravenloft. Carnival. And they uh, they have it in uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. So I'm really curious how that, it's, it's really small. I think it's one of the blurbs. Like, I think it's a single page um, mm-hmm. that's about this carnival. But uh the fun thing about the carnival as I was researching the old second edition stuff is that it can go through other domains of dread, even when the borders are closed, like it's a special domain in its own right that can traverse that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, immediately I was like, if you want to have a really cool Ravenloft game, uh, that goes to various domains of dread, like joining the circus. And then the circus Mm -hmm. stops for whatever magical reason. You don't know why the people aren't saying, and then you're, party has to go solve some mystery in that domain. And then when they're done, the circus picks up and you go with them. And I was like, that would be recurring NPCs that would give Mm -hmm. you like monster of the week kind of vibes to go out and do all this stuff. So uh, really cool stuff. Yeah. And there's a couple of good TV shows that you can even pull from that are carnival themed, Mm -hmm. creepy themed, or just there because, you know, the carnival people are always have been portrayed and have been, I believe, mostly people that are on the fringes that work in those things. They're they're a fringe nomadic group that goes from place to place. They're a, a certain type of person that would take a job like that and, and move across the country, especially if you're talking about like in the 1800s or early 1900s and those circuses and carnival things are going around. Yeah, the old so American get all those kind of cool, crazy. Yeah, you get some of those cool, weird things happening or you know, they're, they have the, the monster girl or, you know, whatever the stuff they can do that you can bring into that has a lot of cool stuff. The man eating chicken. A dungeon master. Yeah. It's my there favorite. There you go. Any of those. <laughs> um, so. Please believe it or not. Rip. Yeah. And you can believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lori should know, uh, the Tempest full core. I didn't watch this. What did you, what do we have there? I might, yeah, I think it was called Tepest, or was it? Maybe I put an M in there. You or did maybe, put an M in there. I think it was. Tempest, I think yeah. Google might have <gasps> did- autocorrected, but I think it should have been Tepest. 
And Tempest is a lore you should know video over on their site. They've been doing one of the domain of dreads for the last, I don't know, at least months. So there's at least four or five of them out there. We brought to Bob T on the show. Um, we've talked about some cool ones. Tempest is your, I want to run that Northeastern rural setting, uh, Kansas children of the corn, wicker man, witches, that whole, everything is, you know, like there's this idyllic setting, but there's some type of evil that's starting to permeate in, or there's some type of evil that surrounds it, or there's something not quite right about this awesome, cool, small town, right? Yeah. This awesome, cool village, this awesome, cool thing. So Tepest is that one that kind of has, um, as the, um, the main bad guy is a hag, which is cool. We all know how much um, Wizards of the Coast love hags, especially the current writers right now. And apparently there's a lot of Hexblood children in this one. And there's I think that's called, one of the templates that you can yeah. have. Yeah. And there's something called like, I, I think it was either the Reaping or the something like that. And I was they were starting to get into that kind of darker storyline that we've seen every now and then where somehow the children are evil, right? The parents <laughs> are the the poor victims that are having to deal with children going evil or something. You know, children of the corn, there's like all kinds of movies that'll show you that where they start to get powers or something and they start running the town and the, you know, the uh, protagonists have to deal with what do you do? Because nobody wants to go around and just punch a little kid, right? So that can't be the way you fight this problem. Is it, it can't be that. You have to come up with other ways to try to save the children or save what's going on. Why, why is there evil? So I think there's a lot of um, setting possibilities there. I also think it's like one of the ones that we've seen so far of the Domain of Dread, where you have to be careful. You have to use your safety tools when you're talking to your players because maybe not everybody would enjoy those types of storylines. Um, I mean, that's, like that's true about brand all parents. RPGs, I feel. Like, yeah, that needs to be yeah. the standard of, like, this is what the <laughs> game's going to be about? Yeah. Yes or no? And everyone's like, no. But this one's like a clear trigger it for is, a lot yeah. of people, I would yeah. think. Like, a, a very overwhelming trigger of something's wrong with and the And anytime you're getting into horror, something. you yeah. can do that, too. You're going to yeah. be there. You're right. You're right, yeah. Well, but, yeah, I get it. But, like, a werewolf show, you, you don't immediately go to that route. Vampire, maybe, because there's, you know you know, um, submission or monster. My uncle was a werewolf. So maybe you go that way. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) All the werewolf people out there. We're scary too. (laughs) Oh, did that werewolf show ever take off that, uh, uh, they were making a spinoff of the, uh, what we do in the shadows vampire show. Oh, and it was about the werewolves, arts werewolves. And it's so good. I want to, I wonder if that got made. I should look into it. If you haven't watched that show, go watch yes. it because that's my favorite vampire <laughs> werewolf. Really good show. Edition. Really good movie yeah. that they turned into a really good show. So. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Um, D and D live. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I my ticket didn't come in the mail, but maybe Lucian's did. I don't know. Uh, so no. this time G four TV, uh, after they have uh, gotten the dust off of their overalls G4's for being under the ground for a long, long time, everyone thought they were <laughs> yeah. dead. G four TV has come back. Uh, risen up like the necromancer that they are. Um, and they are partnering with uh, D&D, or with D&D Beyond. No, they are partnering with Wizards of the Coast to have another D&D live event. This one is going to take place July 16th and 17th. Um, That's not too far off. It's pretty close, yeah. So, you know, a couple months off. But, uh, yeah, and there's not 
any any information other than that they are most likely uh, it's going to be in L.A., I guess, or maybe it's no, it's going to be online. They, they were just talking about that they're located in L.A. But, yeah, it's going to be online. Uh, I don't know who's involved yet. They just said kind of like celebrities. Uh, but more than likely, this is the let's announce the the f- Icewind Dale Rime of the Frost Maiden. That was announced in that summer, and then it came out, you know, later in September or something. Yeah. And so it's going to be the next campaign adventure module that they're all working on. Uh, and who knows what it's going to be? Like, I don't know. But that's going to be one of our five books. So, Do you think that's – Do you th- because July, that's two, three, almost three months away – that means we wouldn't know what the next book is for the next two or three months. That would be crazy. Um, I they could they it, yeah, this doesn't be. have to be the next book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like sure. in yeah, June, yeah. they could definitely announce something, and then the campaign. One of the, one yeah. of the remaining. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So uh, who knows? But uh, I don't know. We'll uh, see. Yeah, I don't know. So that's happening. Uh, well, if it's an online event, we can all attend. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I just want my interview, Wizards of the Coast. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I I think no, I did. I I heavily watched the last one. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Watched yeah. It. Uh, Dark Alliance, uh, which is the well, there's a new Dark Alliance that's coming out for PC and and PlayStation and stuff. Uh, yep. But the original Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, they are remastering it for a 4K re-release. This is a PS2 Xbox game. That I never played. Um, I should see if I could. I have a PS2. I should see if I can find an old PS2 version of it. Um, but I thought that was cool. They're going to release it for console only, but it'll be on the Switch, the PlayStation 4 or 5, Xbox One. Um, and that's yesterday that was released. As I thought, I didn't even realize that. I was reading this now. Okay. And I that's love a, that you're wearing a PlayStation shirt. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the last console I bought was a PS2. Uh, and then I, I joined the PC Master Race after that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you must have a Switch. I feel like you're a Switch guy. I feel like I am a Switch guy as well. I think I would have a lot of fun. But no, we do not have a Switch. Wow. We recently inherited a Wii U. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> so some friends of ours, their daughters went to college, and they were like, we don't Here's want this Wii U games. anymore. You guys are nerdy. So they gave it to us, oh. and I went and bought Super Smash Brothers, and I played that for a little while, and it was Su- Super Smash brothers wii u or something so and i wasn't even ashamed at all when i played that whole thing oh so fun (laughs) um yeah so check out dark alliance i think i mean people have lots of fond memories of that game so it's out and and if uh and the new one's coming um oh yeah the new don't judge that game on that first trailer that came out because that first trailer they put out was crazy crazy nonsense they put out a second better trailer after that um, you can check one of the other shows where we talk about all the release dates. Cause I'm sure we've said it a million times in our notes somewhere. Yeah. But the other one's coming out and that should be, and that's where you get to play, you know, the characters of Drist and yeah. Caterbury and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Fight kind of things cool. collectively that is coming out June 22nd. So not that far. So, and uh, pre-purchase it on steam. It's only 40 bucks, yeah. but the deluxe edition is 60 bucks. So, and you know, you oh. want the deluxe edition cause it comes with the beholder weapon set. So, Beholders don't use weapons. They use eye rays. Uh, they do, but when you skin a beholder and make a maul out of it, apparently that's what this is. So, I'm doing that in my next D&D session. <laughs> I know. I really like crafting, and I haven't found 
I still haven't found a good. I haven't found before. the you know, and I have uh, witchcraft is a really good system, but I we think I'm looking for that monster hunter. Like you have to go kill the beholder the to parts. get this gem, and then that gem you can put it in your weapon. You know, and I don't, I but yeah. I don't even know if does that translate well in an RPG, like a tabletop RPG. I feel like it could. I don't know. It would be your downtime activity stuff. It would give you a reason to collect pieces of things you are destroying, murder hoboing anyways. Yeah. You know? That's another topic of conversation we should have. Maybe after the news. I'm going to put a pin in that. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) Put right here. Crafting? Question mark. (laughs) Uh, Magic the Gathering um, is doing a... Ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a Forgotten Realms uh, card Dude. set. And this is called uh, Magic the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, they released uh, a Tiamat card that when Tiamat enters the battlefield, if you if you cast it, search your library for up to five dragon cards not named Tiamat that each have different names, reveal them, and put them in your hand. So that's pretty crazy. A seven, seven creature. And then uh, dragons, man. It's awesome. They released a beholder card, but without any text. So we don't know what it does. Cause they're probably still changing it. And who knows? Yeah, they might change the other one as cool, well. Yeah. Like as a magic gathering, if I can throw out a displacer beast or I can throw out an umber Hulk, or I can throw mm-hmm. out my group of orcs that do something, or I can bring out my dragons and I can bring out my gelatinous cubes. And it is tailor made for working in a in a set for Magic the Gathering for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This no. is such a good idea. And there's gonna be heroes, because there's heroes in, yeah. in uh Magic the Gathering now where yeah, planeswalkers. Yeah, planeswalkers. So you're gonna have in. there there are certain heroes that are coming out. Um Elminster, the previews for these, which Wizards of the Coast does the same thing kind of like with D&D where they send out the books early. They're going to send out a bunch of cards to various Magic the Gathering people. Um, so June 29th, we should be actually be getting more information on them. And then by July 18th, it will be released uh, digitally. And then July 23rd is the paper launch because of Magic the Gathering online. So Lucian, I mean... I don't want to put more money into Magic the Gathering, but like, but I do. I think we should buy some digital <laughs> yeah. cards on oh the God. launch, and then can me and you can them? have. Uh, we could open them together. That would be fun, and then we I could be- we could do a couple games and and really show how terrible I am at Magic the Gathering. But that would be book. fun. I will order a case of those. I'm ready to do that. It. Would be fun. I think we should do that for uh, the digital yeah, launch. So. That'd be great. I think it's such a good because normally what we've gotten is we've gotten some of the magic, the gathering coming into D and D, which is okay and good. And I've enjoyed it. Not, not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. I'm not forcing you to do it, but I love it, but we haven't seen D and D get back into magic gathering this much. And now we are, and it's such a good fit. Mm -hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? There's so many cool spells and creatures and lore that you can pull from and, you could put down magic items and which would be artifacts in the game. And there would be yeah. different combinations. That I want my hand of Vecna card. Here's my like. fireball. Here's <laughs> my ice bolt. You know, here's my sleep spell or whatever. All the iconic stuff that you have in Dungeons and Dragons would fit in that format. So I want my well. Jim Dark magic card. Jim Dark. Now you want to put Ack Inc. in it mm-hmm. too. <laughs> it's part of the Forgotten Realms universe. I'm just saying. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Although, yeah, but. Penny Arcade owns that character, so they wouldn't be able to do that. But <laughs> Unless they like Magic the Gathering, too. You yeah, never know. They do. Maybe there'll be a collaboration. Yeah. 
So I'm excited for that. I think that's cool that we're seeing some crossover of that. Yes, I get it that it's a money-making scheme for the big corporations, but it's a money-making scheme that I'm enjoying. So it's one I'll like. Yeah, and (laughs) and, well, and I wouldn't, I mean, you can call it a scheme, but like uh, it really is just a, how like they're looking at it at themselves and saying, how do we get more people interested in this? And it's yeah. like, I don't know. People like the forgotten realms and not many of our D and D players actively play magic. And well, well let's mm-hmm. try this. And so uh, I think it'll be fun. Regardless. Wizards has also always done a really good job with their art. And yes. the art on these cards is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So, yeah. and magic has always done really good. Well, that's what I mean. Wizards yeah. with magic, yeah. like the art has always been spectacular. So, which is another reason, like, I was thinking of that Theros book the other day, and I was like, man, the art in that was so good. But then you look back and you're like, oh, it was all Magic the Gathering art that they just repurposed for that book. But there's a reason it's really good. <laughs> I did put a little blurb in our notes. I see you kind of scrolling around on our Discord. Um, I forget who it was. I probably should remember put the name in. But they had posted a little blurb that came out of an article that talked about what, you know, some things that are coming up. Because they're saying, hey, Van Richten's yeah. is at this date, you know, the May uh, 18th date. But keep your eyes out for Chris's big adventure of the year. You know, so we know we still have that coming. We have. So what do we think Chris's big? I put it in there because I thought we could do some speculation. Okay, yeah. We know Chris is going to do a big adventure. Uh-huh. We know it's not at this point Van Richten's or Candle Candle Keep. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to go that they haven't gone yet? Forgotten Realms wise that Chris is going to bring us. Or to? is it Forgotten Realms? Do you think he would do the first book not in Forgotten Realms this year? I, that's crazy it's hard it's hard so it's they have they the have realms. so many starting adventures that's the thing that and we, we we've we've this is a horse that we have just hurt yeah. so often but by talking we've got Baldur's but, Gate we've yeah. gotten you know where haven't we gone Neverwinter I'm hoping here's my no the the me. complete Sword Coast is covered except it stops at uh, Tathir and down which would be Kalimshan and like the the yeah. uh, more Middle Eastern kind of areas but here's my hope here's what the reason I put it in there because I thought I'll, I'll at least get the juices rolling Myth Draenor yeah over over to the east right Lost City could be a great place to to do a big one to fifteen adventuring area bring you back into the east part of the sword coast get off the whole coast mm-hmm. or does he take us to moonshay which somebody just put in chat i was wondering if somebody bring it up no moonshay isles, moonshay would be really good. isles is right uh, off the coast uh silver boulet says i play the yawning portal land card and they're like what <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. very good uh <laughs> rick yeah. and morty magic the gathering next um uh, you know the Moonshay Isles would be good. We've we've done our watery adventures, so I don't know if they want to do another one. Uh, honestly, the uh, that'd be a big uh, delve into elves. Ev- Evermeet with the elves and stuff would be kind of interesting because, yeah. like, the whole elf like secluded area that that also kind of ties in with the Feywild because they or, pulled that from the Feywild. Uh, Silvery yeah. Moon. Silvery Moon. Yeah. We haven't had a book on. We've gotten all these other books on all these other cities. Waterdeep has been covered. Baldur's Gate's been covered. El Torell is sort of in Baldur's Gate. I mean, I guess they could go. And Candlemass is kind Faye. of. Or that's a good. That's a good idea. RPG DMC. Oh, yeah, because uh, honestly, there's been a lot of Thay presence in all of these adventures. We should get a to go over there and then and then have wizards tie it up that 
there's a reason that all these people and then you could go fight Zestam and stuff. Yeah, that hey, would Mr. actually Perkins. I would love that. That would be really hey, cool. Hey, there's Mr. a Perkins, demon bear. I know you're listening there. to our show, so let's so do cool. Thay if we can. <laughs> Chris, please give us Thay. That'd be cool. So that was one. So we know Chris is getting a big one. It I might think not be a Forgotten, Forgotten Realms adventure. We always say that too, but like I, it but probably is. It's gotta be. Okay, and then there was another one, and it said James Wyatt is working on some new options or some new I made it the, the sentence sounded like it was almost like new mechanics. Um, what do you think? What other type of mechanics book might we get? Because if we get a Tasha's from last year, would we get another wizard style book this year? Would we get a Elminster something or would we get a who else is out there that we haven't done? Vecna's something or. Who else could they go to to do? a Well, book I that think has they're going to release a Magic the Gathering book. Um, that's going to have some more characters in it. And then usually we don't get a Tasha's blah, 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 or a Morden Kanan's something or other until mm-hmm. really we've built up enough subclasses in other books that they can then reprint them all in one thing. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen this year on the tales, tail coats. Well, here, here's what the sentence said. I'll read the sentence and see what you think of it. It says, Chris will return with our big summer adventure. James Wyatt will deliver a substantially improved version of a concept that I initiated myself. And then the third one is Amanda Hammond will close us out with a project that was jointly conceived by herself and several other studio members. As usual, Jeremy Crawford is working with all of our leads, overseeing mechanical content and rules development. So that was kind of the blurb that came from... um, the the product breakdown for Dungeons and Dragons in 2021. To me, I started thinking of like a a rules book or an options book for James. And then maybe the Amanda Haman thing, if they they came together and they said, we want to do this thing, do we get a unique campaign setting? Or did she gather some people and say, hey, I love this Greyhawk or I love Dragonlance or I love this will you let me gather some people together and do a full campaign book, fifth edition version of it? And they said, you know what, run with it type thing. So I'm wondering if leaning that way, but I'm, it's just interesting the way they worded that. And I love the way they word it because it allows us to speculate and it allows us to, to imagine what we might get, you know, and, and anticipate. <laughs> well, so looking at James Wyatt's uh, history, um, yeah. he worked on, City of the Spider Queen. Um, he worked on the Eberron campaign setting. He, well, he received awards for that, so he worked on those. But uh, he worked Oriental Adventures, which that would be interesting. We'll see if they do that. Uh, I think there's reasons that they might not. Dragonomicon, which could definitely be something, just like a huge book on dragons. Uh, and then The Magic of Incarnum, which is a three third edition book in 2005. Mm-hmm. And it had some new races and some, a bunch of new spells and feats. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe we get a, a big book of spells and maybe he's working on that and re reorganizing some of these ones from, from older stuff. Cause you know, they, they tap these guys a lot of times to be like, Hey, you worked on this on the past and it was popular. Can we bring it to five E you know, like they're not asking, 
Keith Baker to make non Eberron stuff for them, you know? Yeah. So, well, and here's the other thing. Maybe you guys in Discord could tell us, or you guys are listening on YouTube also. If you're not in our Discord, you should join it. When they posted this article blurb, it's written in a way that it's a person not being Chris, James, Amanda, or Jeremy. So who's the person talking when they say James Wyatt will deliver a substantially improved version of a concept that I initiated myself? Who Who is I in that whole thing? Because it's not any of those people that were named. Who else would that have been? He's a mysterious figure known as the narrator. You cannot yeah, so understand what he says. Who so. are we missing at that point? I don't know. Interesting. So if anybody It'll, knows that. I, yeah, I bet a know. Planeswalker book is coming. I don't know. Well, I shouldn't say I don't know. I, I think a Planeswalker's book is coming, but. I shouldn't say I don't know. They've already sent me the books and they're right here next no, to me. No, I don't desk, have But any. they told me not I have to no inside information. <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah. So uh, that was a little blurb. I wanted to bring it up because our Discord always finds little cool yeah. tidbits to tell us. And thank you, and I thought uh, it was good... Discord people who do that because it's really it's really fun yeah. to come in and be like, oh, and and a lot of you ping me. Completely fine yeah. to do that. I might not always respond because I'm just a busy person. But that one was uh, Oster yeah. 2000, and then Drunken Yoda does a lot of them on there. Fine stuff for us. Yeah. And DM does a lot too. She, he's really good. Yeah, Victor they are is really the other one. Victor Serrano gives us a lot of tips and stuff he finds out there on the on the interwebs. So thanks for that. Keep it up guys. Keep researching for us. Find out who it is. Um, the other thing that I had listed there was, Oh, Gen Con. Those Gen of you Con. that want to go to Gen Con, Jordan, are you going to Gen Con? Are you going? I'm not. You're not sure. Not sure. Cause I was, I was, I was, I was if thinking? you asked me a month ago, two months ago, no. Yeah. But now I'm vaccinated. I feel pretty good. People are traveling mm-hmm. again. I'm having barbecues. I'm kind of like Gen Con could it's be not fun until September. Uh, no Wizards of the Coast at Gen Con because they just don't go anymore. Year. No uh, Goodman Games at Gen Con this year, mm. which means no Judge James, who's my favorite person to see at Gen Con. That's right. <laughs> Once a year. Uh, yeah. So it really depends if my friends are going. Um, yeah. And if my friends are not going, then I don't think I want to go because I'm like, I'm not going to have fun yeah. if I'm just like, well, OK, I don't know. Here's so. mine, because the first couple I went to Gen Con, none of my friends went anyways, and I made friends when I got there. So I'm kind of moving that off my list of I'm only going to go if they're going, only because my first couple were that way. But I think the thing that's going to teeter me one way or the other, and I need to figure it out soon because um, the badges are May 23rd. The the actual thing is from September 16th to 19th. And if you're going to not use your badge that you rolled over from last year, you need to roll it to the next year yeah. before May 16th. If you have money we'll invested in Gen Con, go to the website now and find carefully out read everything because <laughs> they have kind of hidden stuff at the bottom that that yeah. you may lose your ticket that you have already yeah. paid for. Do not let that so happen. Don't do that. So. But the thing that will tip me, I want to know how big or how um, how many of the game companies are going to show up to the exhibit hall. If the exhibit hall is going to be nearly the same size and nearly the same amount of people there selling product, then I'm interested in going because I love walking through exhibit hall and looking at all the stuff that's going on. If most of those companies are leaning towards, nope, we're still in a pandemic. We're definitely not going into a convention center. We're going to try to keep our people safe, which is absolutely a valid thing you can do. If that's going to be super small or not worth it, then that makes me lean to I want to roll my badge over so i got to do some research this week coming up to try to get a handle on 
how many of the of the game companies are actually going to go to the exhibit hall this year. If it's a bunch, I'm thinking I might put in for a badge. If it's hardly any at all, I'm thinking I'll just roll it and wait for next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. And honestly, this year it feels like if I go to anything, I'm going to go to Gen Con or uh, PAX Unplugged. Yeah. And I, but I don't think both. Like, I don't think I could go to both. So uh, I'm also kind of waiting to see what they're doing with PAX. I don't know if that's actually been announced, yes or no, but um, that's in December, I think. So that's even, like, better because it's yeah. like, okay, that that's will like be... November or December? Yeah. Yeah, 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 like, that'll be even further, and hopefully things will be off fire by that point. Uh, but Gen Con this year is going to be September 16th, 19th. They are limiting capacity, so they're having less badges than normal. Um, mm-hmm. And... With less badges is less people, obviously, but I also think they're just going to have less vendors and stuff, you know, because like already sure. I want to see Goodman Games and they're not going to be there. Um, and so I'm like, is Monty Cook Games going? Like, I mean, the things that I kind of yeah, care about. All those new products that they wanted to put out before the pandemic hit, they had all this stuff lined up and now they've had not a lot of an avenue to show that off except online. I wonder if you go this year if the deals will be good, if you'll see a bunch of stuff that you didn't get to see because they really wanted to push their new product. But hey, there was nowhere to push my new 2021 product because there's no conventions going on anywhere. Will they come out like gangbusters and just have a bunch of cool stuff? Will they have cool promotional stuff because you do come out? Or do people still, you know, are they being safe because we're in a pandemic and maybe not everybody has been vaccinated yet? You know, and there's another side of this is a lot of people, uh, even though it pro- it might very well be safe, still are very uncomfortable with the idea of crowds. Um, sure. And I was and I and it hasn't super bothered me, but I have a couple friends that are like, no, I prefer to stay outside or like if we're going to do this, I do this. And I'm like, but we're all vaccinated. And they're like, I still just don't feel comfortable, which is completely fine because it's mm-hmm. been a year and a half of this, you know, <laughs> like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you used to get convention crud anyways. So oh, yeah. Mention. <laughs> or airplane crud or whatever. I got more because sick you're like, from Ugh. convention crud than I got from COVID. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so badges are May 23rd. That's when uh, you can start purchasing badges. So uh, keep that. Uh, and I assume that they're going to do the whole housing lottery again. Who knows? So uh, Possibly. Yeah. I also <laughs> threw in there Tolis. Tolis, yes. Tolis. Tell me all about it. The, the P is silent. Yeah. She would like that. Oh, well, there's no H, so it's there's fine. no H. Yeah. Maybe there is. It's silent. We don't well, it's know. Maybe invisible. It is pH it's yeah. completely gone. unseen. Un- uh, I did. My copy is on its way. I did buy. This was the Kickstarter. I did $150 because I got both books. I got the Cypher version of it. Oh, good. Okay. And I got the 5e version of it. Jordan, let me tell you, this book is 600 pages. Wait, like um, each? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 674 pages, almost 700 at that point, is the size of this book in 5e. I've got both um, PDFs currently. I have started to go through them. What's the PDF for the Cypher System one? Is it less? No, I don't. I didn't even open it, but let me look. You didn't even open it? We are live. This is a live of five (laughs) E. I haven't read the first one, let alone the second one. I'll open it right now. Here we go. Hyperlinked and bookmarked. It looks about the same size and it's 674 pages, Jordan. Okay. 
both of them. I was just curious. Of, so I bought uh, the uh, Goodman Games did a 5e Crypt of the Devil, Ooh, Crypt of the fun. Devil Lich. Um, and they did a 5e version, but you could also buy it as a Dungeon Crawl Classics version. Everybody take a drink. Uh, mm-hmm. And I decided to get both because I really want to see the differences between the two. Um, and I like to collect things like this. Like it would be fun to yep. run it as a 5e and then run it as a like that would be a fun experiment. I want to run the same module using different. Well, we've talked about that with Hot Springs Island. Different rules. Like I want to yeah. try that with just different rule set. But but no, Tolis is huge. That's Monty Cook, right? Yeah, it's it's ginormous. It was a book he put out for third edition, I believe, yeah. for D&D when he worked. Because this is like his campaign setting that he's. This was his yeah. big world. And he wanted to do a campaign setting that had an enormous city in a fantasy setting. So this is like the even bigger than Waterdeep, even bigger than anything we've seen on the Forgotten Coast or Forgotten Realms, Sword Coast. If you're a player, there's a player section. Um, so it's not just for a DM. And there are some character options like classes and race stuff in there. So if you want to see some options there, um, things like knights and paladins and bard subclasses and stuff. So it is does have everything that you would typically want in a good campaign book. The setting, maps, adventures, how to run the campaign, um, and player character options to bring to the campaign that you might not have gotten in, in a different campaign setting. So all those kinds of cool things. Backgrounds and equipment and magic, and it's got all kinds of factions, its own deity system. It's got, you know, just a ton of stuff in here. Lots more monsters are added. Um, and it's by Monty Cook's, you know, whole company. So they put in a lot of work to it. And I think it's, um, it looks pretty good. I have not gotten through the entire thing yet. Oh man, that's going to be. <laughs> but it's so weeks. far, I'm starting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd throw that in there. I can't wait to get the books. They should be arriving in the next week or so. So hopefully I'll be able to hold up the physical copies um, by our next show or the show after that. I'm sure I'll have it by then. Um, No, that's exciting. Yeah. What you think, if you got yours, let us know. If there's anything you want to know about Tolis, maybe put some questions in our Discord and maybe I'll I'll gather some of those up and I'll I'll search for them. Kind of like... uh, Ted does when he does his book reveals. If you guys want me to answer some things or want to know about. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. It'd be cool. Um, I'm really curious about that. Cause I love, I love the worlds that Monty cook creates. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of really cool worlds that really cool people create uh, really friend cool of the show, like. Lex from Dank dungeons, Lex. who is in my um, is he in discord or is he in chat right now? No, he I don't is. think so. No, he's Lex, a busy guy. But uh, maybe he is. I don't, know. I don't think he actively watches the show. But anyway, Lex, he uh, he's, he, uh, anyway, so Lex from Next Dungeons, he made the Shifting City, which was like a merchant city supplement that you could put in your D&D game. He just mm-hmm. came out with um, a Zag, A-Z-A-G. And this is a whole RPG that he wrote based on the old, 80s fighting fantasy rules now fighting fantasy was a rule set that was originally created for kind of a choose your own adventure book you it would come with some dice and you would read the book and then you would roll the dice but your character 
would either die or, or if it, if your character survived that book, you could use that character to go through another book. It's kind of a cool idea that I'm like, why, we should why, mm-hmm. do, why don't we have this? This is kind of cool. <laughs> and so it was a way to kind of role play by yourself or level up yeah. a character while reading a book kind of a thing. Yep. Um, anyway, so he took those rules and he hacked them a whole bunch and he made this mm-hmm. custom really cool setting. Uh, and because he's Lex and he's just like this, he reaches out to these people and they're like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'm like, how did you do this? But he <laughs> found this gentleman uh, who goes by loot the body on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. and loot the body. He also did this for the shifting city, but he, they made a uh, soundtrack to the game. So you can go to this Bandcamp and you can buy the album and if you buy the album and i think it's like 12 dollars, you get five tracks but you also get the whole rpg a pdf of the rpg um or you can go to just get the pdf and i think it's like 10 dollars or something uh anyway i bought it it's really fun i was one of the play testers um and so it was it's it's cool like there are some things that are I was telling Lucian at the beginning, there's things that I'm like, I don't really know if I just, I, I don't like this, but I, it's one of those things that I need to play it more to see. But overall, mm-hmm. the art is really fun. Uh, and speaking of worlds about Monty Cook and stuff, Lex creates really interesting characters and also really interesting like worlds and stuff. We played an old BX game in Greyhawk and he put his cool, you know, Lex spin on it. And it was just really mm-hmm. fun and interesting. So he, I like, he just does a really good job with games and things like that. So, uh, definitely go check it out. Tell him that I sent you and that you are here because your good friend Jordan said, go (laughs) buy this. Uh, but that, yeah. And speaking of like, I want to do more games, like play more systems and stuff. This is another one that I want to, um, dive into and, I might do this. So I ha- I built another YouTube channel recently and I think I'm going to start doing flip throughs and reviews of all of these RPGs that I love, but they're not mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. So they're not really good for the main channel. So mm-hmm. that might be something. So maybe tonight I'll do a live stream or something on the second channel and I can talk about a Zag or, or all of, some of these That's other RPGs. I just want to know where you got the name. That's my first Yeah, question. I don't know. Lex, where'd this name come from? I was wondering that too, actually. Well, after you said it, I was like, I wonder. Is it a... An acronym? Maybe it it's an acronym, be. or is it a knowing big Lex? Bad it's guy, probably or? like important in some way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Very cool. But there's so a world. That, it comes with a world map. He did a really oh, good job. Nice. Like, and he ha- hired some really cool artists. The layout's really good. It's fun. So, and he did it without really like we were talking before the show started. Didn't do it with a Kickstarter. Did it the more indie route. Went to the couple of different pages that are more indie for, like you said, music and in board gaming in general. Itch.io is another place. Yeah, you, you can go. get it at itch.io. We were yeah. talking about how I, I haven't really explored itch.io, but there's a huge group of people that are creating tabletop RPG content there. Um, huh. It's really popular. Like it's, I thought it was just kind of for video games and stuff, but it's just like games now. So you should definitely check it out. I feel like it's like, it's like indie project stuff. Really. Yeah, it's, I guess you're right. It's really interesting. Cause I've seen some cool stuff come off of there. Um, my dungeon mapping program I use, the guy I put it up on itch.io is where I found it. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Where it makes um, random dungeons just by hitting a button and it creates cities and dungeons and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, but it was a really indie site there with all kinds of other stuff like that on there. And I thought, interesting. And then Bandcamp is that place like where you can go. And there's, there's several different music places where you can hear 
independent people just putting music out that they've created, whether it's instrumental or mm-hmm. you know, songs or themed in some way, and they put it out there and you can use it. Some of it is free to use. Some of it's you purchase it from them, you know, and there's a, there's a whole scene out there of that stuff too. So all that can be brought in and help with your game. If get more stuff to use in your game and bring more atmosphere into your game, go check out some of those indie developers, you know, keep your eyes out, not just on those big developers, Wizards of the Coast, although we, you know, we love them too. (laughs) Find those indie developers too. And and like I said, I got uh, Pungent Quest and I got uh, the Wizards Grimoire, which is over there. Um, Like Ben would probably Those were Kickstarters, but it's kind of the same thing. That zine quest of of February, like lots of really cool stuff. And I don't know, I... Yes, I love D&D, and I'm actually, well, I'm running Numenera now, but there's a part of me that's like, man, we were talking the other day about starting a new D&D session, and I was like, yeah, I, like, I just, you know, I love the system, but boy, you get in, you can get inspired from so many different things. It's really fun, and I think it's really important to play other systems as well, because you get an idea for, as a dungeon master, you get an idea for how mechanics work overall, mm-hmm. and then it's, it. I don't know, it's helped me a lot create some challenges for my players, and so mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, bring something they haven't seen before, too, which is sometimes, as a dungeon master, what you're trying to do mm-hmm. the most of is show them something they haven't seen before. Surprise them in a in a delightful way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody asked in chat, uh, what is the name of your second YouTube channel? Uh, and that is Jordan's Jocular Junction. <laughs> so uh, let me get a... That'll fit on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me see if I can get a link for you. But on this channel, the pH is not silent. That's what the whole difference is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you do. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so it, there's not a lot there now, but I want to I add more at some point. So, In fact, there should be two warring factions. The Jordan where the pH is silent and the Jordan where the oh, pH is Oh, should I change silent. this one? It should just be Jordan without a pH. Oh, yeah. And we, <laughs> in one, I've yeah. got like an evil goatee and in the other one, I don't. Yeah. Okay. And they do like dance battles to fight each other. And they, they do rap battles as the way they battle each other. Yes. This would be great. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of content that i don't know if i can do uh (laughs) lucian are you are you playing games what's going on i'm playing dungeon of the mad mage i don't know what you're playing but i'm playing dungeon of the mad mage tell me all about it official loving it um getting in a big battle with a wizard like dude counterspell yes that's that's the solution you would think um we started to run into a couple of instances, and I don't know if this is our dungeon master because our group is so powerful, or if this is actually how it actually reads in the module. Eventually, I'll go back after we've run through the whole thing and read through it and see how, because I like to know how he changed things or how he added things to make it more fun and mm-hmm. what things were changed and stuff. We're running into a few things where all of my attacks do no damage. Magic magic bow none of the abilities doesn't matter what it is the thing we're hitting somehow has something that is allowing no damage to go through at all so you know you're you're having to figure out the whys to that and the, the the reasons there are so it's interesting that as we're getting higher level there are more things being introduced that counteract our power mm-hmm. but it's like shutting our power off versus it wasn't having it. It wasn't resisting it or something like that. It was just like, yeah, you hit them like four times and, but it doesn't do anything. And you're just like, Oh, you hate to have a round to go by 
where everything's working, but it doesn't do anything to whatever boss bad guy you're fighting, right? So I was I was wondering, you played your campaign, they got up to 10 or 11, maybe even to 12. Did you have some bad guys they fought that took no damage from magic or took no damage from many of the things that their players were trying to do? Like, did you create creatures because you had a monk in your group and so all of a sudden there were creatures that were immune to stun or something? I did do that. That was, that was older. Um, yeah. But I, I did, after our monk was stun chaining things, I Everything. was like, I gotta have something. <laughs> so I made yeah. him either immune to stun or I would give him advantage on constitution rolls. Because um, mm-hmm. it was, that was, I mean, that's just insane. Uh, no, there was a really good wild mount monster that isn't immune to magic, but is resistant to most magic mm-hmm. and uh, has advantage on saving throws against magic. And that was a fun monster to use, but I specifically chose that because I have a warlock, two wizards in this party. <laughs> and I was like, mm, we're going to use them. And they still, they, they just like, mop up the floor really good with them but yeah yeah. no you start giving your players some magic items and i wonder if 5e would be really balanced without magic items yes yeah like i it would it would i would hate it because i love magic items but to play a whole game where you don't have magic items to see like well then you get into problems where there's certain enemies that can't be hurt except with magical items but i guess if you took spells like magic weapon where you cast that spell on right. your weapon, you'd have to prep early. Like, I don't know. That mm-hmm. could be interesting. So, yeah. So we had to come up with an interesting way to deal with this guy or try to find out why all of a sudden. you Yeah. But here's the thing I always think too, because I feel like in some ways I know what's going to happen as a dungeon master. If it's a, let's say you're fighting a big bad wizard and everybody hits him in that first round and all their stuff says you hit, but no damage. So immediately your mind start thinking, well, maybe he's wearing something that's absorbing all this damage or making him completely immune to damage. So the trick is to get that off of him. But then my player mind goes to immediately, well, then I want to wear that thing. But there's no way a dungeon master is going to give you an item that just stops all damage all of a sudden. I mean, I would, so I but like I would say that it permanently drains like 10 hit points a day. Right, but then that guy would be dead that we're fighting. He wouldn't even be a a dude that maybe we're he's Unless, already dead. You know, could be very could well. Be. I don't know. So I think it's funny that you would have to start making up reasons why, when the players get that item, it's not as cool as it is on the guy you're using it against them with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it happens. Your superheroes at this point were we're all like nearing nine, getting into level ten. We're near on, on unstoppable on a one on one basis. So. I don't know. I'm still having a lot of fun. It's a very interesting level that we're on, level seven. Um, and you skipped six, right? We skipped six. Okay. We're going to have to go back to six a little bit later and map it because we have to map all the levels. That's our, our mission from Ack Inc. headquarters is to map the levels of the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So that's what we've been doing. Nice. Um, so it's fun. It's cool. It's an interesting combat mechanic that we're having to deal with. I'm interested to see where it goes. And that is on Tuesday nights when we play that with our digital dungeon master from down under Danimal DM. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty good. That's his, his spiel. That's, that's what, that's what it does. Well, what that's about awesome. Jordan? Is Jordan playing any? Yeah. Well, I ran them? my, I ran my Numenera game, uh, on Saturday. Um, and that was a lot of fun. 
they so this is something I've never done with Numenera uh, is just straight up a dungeon crawl. And the more I was reading how I was reading the section that they're going to go to and it, it's they have to loot a tomb. Um, and it's like, if you step here, there's a pit trap. If you step here, there's arrow traps and all this other stuff. And I was like, this is just straight up a dungeon crawl. I didn't think Numenera did this, you know, like I, I was thinking about it. So boy, I haven't done this in a long time because of <laughs> pandemic pulled out my pen, drew a map. Ah. We got minis. We're like, here you go. Where do you want to walk? Oh, you fell in a pit trap. We had a lot of fun. Um, it's interesting though, how the mindset of the players can get, very trained by Dungeons and Dragons. So Mm -hmm. they were in a town and they were like, well, what's the equivalent of a health potion? Like I need a health potion. And I was like, well, there's, I mean, there are uh, Numenera, there are ciphers that would heal you, but like Mm -hmm. this shanty town, they're not going to have that kind of thing. Like, (laughs) and, and it makes it very clear that like when you find ciphers, they're like, holy cow, like that's a cipher. And so they were just like, well, how do we heal? How do we do this? But you take rests and stuff. And so they kind of figured it out later on. But I thought that was interesting where you're like, oh yeah, yeah it's not not D&D. Um, <laughs> so I drew a, a thing and they went through this whole puzzle and they had to get through a, a set of locking doors and like a spinning turbine and, and there were pit traps and there were arrow traps in the walls. Uh, they're pretty beat up. They ended up finding an elevator that went down and now they're in a sub level of this tomb and they're trying to like figure out where to go from there. So it's uh it's interesting. It's fun. And are there hints to what this structure used to be? Yes. So this structure yes, this is, is the part of Numenera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is now well, there's the ancient, ancient part of it, which we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um and that has to coincide with the tomb. So there was a queen that was buried there and a bunch of traps to hopefully keep her from robbers or something, uh, mm-hmm. all of the treasures that are there. But then 150 years ago, people started worshiping uh, this as like a holy site, um, specifically about some kind of uh, alien bug creature that uh, when it would touch you, you would just drop dead. Um, and they worshiped this thing as a deity. Uh, and my players found that creature that mm-hmm. may or may not be a robot. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Like, they they were going to attack it. And then they, no, they did attack it. That's right. Um, and then my, uh, the stinger got into one of the guys and they all decided to retreat because he got messed up. So, uh, yeah, but it, it's been fun. It's been really interesting. And again, the whole pur- purpose of this is that they're looking for this artifact called the invisible or not the invisible, the uh, impossible blade that will is basically like a lightsaber syringe or lightsaber scalpel that will allow uh, this giant worm creature to remove a parasite from one of the players so or player characters. Um, but yeah, it's I like the system a lot. I think <laughs> my players are 50 50 on it. Um mm-hmm. And I also think summer is hit and they're just like, we want to go out and do things. So right. we're not playing tonight because they're going to go see a concert. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, which then I was, we were talking before the show starts that I'm like, I need to just start play testing my game. And I need to like, <laughs> I don't know. I need like an impromptu D and D party, like D and D tonight, get over here. <laughs> or, or what it sounded like to me when we were talking is I need to do a creative outlet. I need to do something creative. Yeah. Like you said, so work on my game. Yeah. Do some play testing. I need to write down this thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
I've gone enough weeks that I need to, I need a big creative outburst of yeah. something. <laughs> that's what I was hearing. So I thought, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and that's true. Uh, and so again, I wanted to, I don't know. I just want to, I need to, I need to work on my game and mm-hmm. actually like roll some dice <laughs> rather than do hypothetical stuff. Cause it's fun. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Mr. AJ Pickett. Glad to see that you uh, joined here. us so early for you in the New Zealands. Yeah. Early. Um, and then that is about it. I, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I switched jobs. So I have a new job now. And this was my first week at my new job. And so lots of training. I was very exhausted by that. Uh, mm-hmm. So in a way, I didn't have any time to really prep Numenera. So it's kind of good that I am not having Numenera tonight. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'll just like, I don't know. Late, lately, I'm like, I just want to read a book. I just haven't read a book in so long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've got some uh, videos in the works. Uh, I finished a video last night, which was good. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of working on little things. I keep getting inspired by my Endegar game. You remember that, or the mm, campaign yeah. setting? Yeah, and yeah. it's weird. I flip-flop between my uh, rule set my rule set that I'm trying to do, yeah. modular D6, and then this Endegar thing. And I really there's a part of me that has combined them like, or I want to combine them and just do it together. But I, I think I need to get the rules down solid before I start introducing uh weird campaign setting things. And originally mm-hmm. that campaign setting was for Dungeons and Dragons, but that's evolving even more as I'm researching more things. And a few patrons are asking me questions about it, which is good. Cause then I have to come up with answers. So right. it's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and I remember Ted did a live stream a long time ago where he was just like, ask me questions about my world. And he's like, he he specifically said it was great for him because people are like, how many moons are there? And he's like, I don't know. I've never looked up. Like, uh, and so you have to like come up with like, why is there a moon? We don't know. Like, because are there other smoke. planets? Like, yeah. Um, and so I thought that was, that was interesting. So I've been thinking about, I want to do one of those at some point in the evenings. I think that would be fun too. Yeah. That'd be fun. It would almost be fun too to do one of those a year where like in January, when we start the shows out, we decide that like, we're going to do for this whole year, we're going to build this campaign world. Yeah. And, and, and the community is going to ask questions and, and throw out suggestions and we'll work through it all. And then that whole year, by the end, you have this kind of cool, interesting campaign world. And then the next January you have the new idea. Cause we used to talk, I mean, our Bardic inspiration had, campaign world after campaign world after campaign world that we were like we could go this you could go hollow earth you could go big giant cliff you could go you know what is it like if you're spell jamming or doing something like that what is what if it you know we had all these ideas so it'd be cool to go through just take a year and just flesh it out and be like okay there's that one and then here's the next one let that creativity come out that would be uh, cool now here's the the problem i'm having like does it count if you're not playing actively playing in the world because yeah, I, I made this whole Endegar <laughs> thing and people are like, that's really cool. But there's so many facets of that that I do not feel compelled to come up with until uh, a player's like, what do the buildings look like? And you're like, uh, right. and then you the come up with it, which is good if we have questions coming from the community. But like, I think you need to, I think I need to run a game in Endegar, you know, like, mm-hmm. so maybe my next D&D game will be 
I'm going to force you guys to play in my homebrew setting. I love running yeah. adventure modules. I have so many that I want to run. I was looking at mm-hmm. Out of the Abyss again the other day, and I'm just like, oh, I want to run this so bad. I've but been like, wanting to play those, too. I want to play those old ones, Tyranny of the Dragons. Oh, yeah, or the old ones. Temple of, the old so, ones. again, Goodman Games, they're coming out with a $100 Temple of the Elemental Evil that is yeah. a revisiting of the original module and how it's evolved over time and why it's historically important. And I'm like, I want to run that so bad because I love, yeah. I love the vintage adventures. So you get a sense of like where D and D came from, you know, yeah, and I, I'm exactly. no stranger. Like I've done that. And I I've, love yeah. Temple Mel- 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 Evil. One of so my faves. I, uh, man, good show. Time flies. Fun. Time flies. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, yeah. Thank you. See Danny, what language do your trees speak? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Do trees even talk in Indigar? Uh, rustling. Russell. They, they speak, they the speak fluent rustling. Yeah. Only R-U-S-T-L-E-I-N-G. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out to the Saturday morning D&D show. Uh, we're always excited to have a live audience and chat with us. If you're catching us on podcasts, consider catching us live on Saturdays on YouTube or Twitch. Uh, links down below to most of the things that uh, we talked about today. And... If you are awesome and and have some spare time, uh, rate the show and all that other stuff. We really value that. It helps get the news out about our silly uh, podcast. So thank you. Yeah. With that, anything else before we go, Mr. Lucian? If a tree speaks in the forest, but nobody hears it, did they curse? I don't know. That's it. Okay. Uh, New segment. (laughs) <laughs> wisdom from lucian every uh every start of the month or something i don't know uh goodbye everybody we'll see you next week on another episode of the saturday morning D show our intro and outro music is 8-bit march by twin musicom licensed under creative commons check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org